Welcome to the Weekly Pitch. I'm Michael Memis alongside Jeremy Goldstein and Marab Samad. We have another great episode covering lots of sports, but I think we want to get started with big disappointment Thursday night. Giants had two-score lead with five minutes left. They lost. Uh, let's just say that. And now they're a game and a half back in the division. They are one and two in the division. They um, they have another game against the Eagles and the and Washington the Cowboys, but their schedule outside the division is not really easy. So, is this is the Giants team done for this year? Are they they have no chance, or do you think they still can make the playoffs if things crack right? I, in my opinion, not anything can still happen. It's the NFC East. They've proven. They're set up for they're setting themselves up for failure time and time again. But after I couldn't sleep because I was so upset the Giants lost, I kind of just understood and I helped myself un- like comprehend the fact. I think this Giants team is going places. They're they've they've improved, they've they've plugged some holes, but still have a lot more holes to plug. And I think this will be a season of hopefully growing pains. They have they still have to learn how to play with the lead. Because unlike last season, they've actually had the lead in multiple games. So I think it's going to be a learning experience with this new coaching staff. I think I really think Daniel Jones is the guy. He they need to ride him the rest of the way, and hopefully going into next season they will have more experience under their belt and then win more football games. For, for, but for this season, I'm still going to root for them to win game in and game out. But if they don't make the playoffs and they fail to hold on to leads and stuff like that, as long as they can learn from it and get better constantly, I'll be okay with it. Rob. One guy who's not getting better, though, is Evan Ingram. <laughs> yeah, he just, man. He, he's he has – it feels like he's, like, regret become regressed each season. We keep, keep saying he has potential, but it's like, okay, when is he going to show it? Like, he's had yeah. plays where he's looked like, you know, he's a very fast head. You saw him leap over that guy in the game. Yeah. And he has, like, a <laughs> yeah, athleticism, did. but he can't he, – he's a bad blocking tight end. He keeps dropping the ball, including that crucial drop. That, li- that literally, if he makes that catch, the Giants win the game. Eagles had yeah. used their used timeouts. It was past a two minute warning. You know, it would have been probably a touchdown if he catched it. Um, no, he'd be on the twenty. But they could have, they could have picked the field goal even if they got stopped. They would make it an eight point game, and then yeah, very and, very worst overtime. Yeah. yeah, but even so, they'd also get to run out more clock and give the Eagles less time. And exactly. Then it became the time stops also. Um, and I, I don't, I don't, I'm not mad at the Giants for running a pass on third down because it's a, a long third down. And you want to yeah. play aggressive. You don't want to be just running it and be like. Oh, I hope our defense can get out of this. Be like, okay, I want to win the game. You know, you, don't play, you, play, play. you play to win. You don't play not to lose. And that's yeah. what fans have criticized the Giants for. And they've actually give them credit. They were they were more aggressive this game. They went more down the field more. Uh, you know, they didn't run so many as many max protect sets. Uh, they let, you know, they ran that RPO that worked out really well. Well, yeah, it's a, he's gonna be a meme for the rest of his life, but I think you have to take into account Daniel Jones can run the football. His top speed on that run, 21.34 miles an hour, is the top speed a quarterback has clocked this season. So, again, I, I, I want to let Marab speak here in a bit, but the, Daniel Jones, I think he's proven he can potentially be the franchise quarterback, and I want him to be that, and I want them to give him that chance. I just think it's, it's going to come down to execution at the end of the day, not only by the offense, but that defense. Now, I think considering the Eagles' defense was actually, like, we talk about how many injuries they have. They were relatively healthy. They were missing, like, a linebacker. 
And I, I don't know what else. They're a good defensive team, absolutely. Yeah, no, they were. They 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 have some really good options, and the Giants did push them a lot. And I think that we saw Wayne Goldman go off yesterday. If you guys had Saquon Barkley, imagine what you would have done to that to that team. Like exactly. I, it, like it's very hopeful right now. I can see why, but like Evan Ingram, he he absolutely destroyed like the entire game for you guys because if he caught that that game would have been over right there but it is what it is at the end of the day you guys honestly this game like this was the this was this deciding pick between you guys getting a top 10 pick and a top and a top and a 20th pick because you guys could have realistically made the run for a playoffs considering it's which the i'd end. rather do yeah exactly like why would you want like Making the playoffs is cool and all, but what are you gonna do there? You're just gonna, you're just gonna st- stick up the entire place and like, yeah. Here's one thing I want to address, and I cannot stand when people t- say this. When I got texts from people last night saying, "Don't worry, they'll tank for Trevor." Enough. I cannot stand the people who are thinking Trevor Lawrence is going to magically pick up the Giants to a Super Bowl run. Okay. He's a good quarterback, yes, but is he going to be significantly a thousand times better than Jones? No. Is Trevor Lawrence going to immediately succeed in that system? Absolutely not. Should the Giants try to win football games and get this coaching staff and players some confidence? Yes. So there's no reason to have Trevor Lawrence as your goal when you have a team like, no offense, the Jets who are historically bad and are going to lock up that first pick. Yeah, I'm sick of the losing. I, I I agree. I'm like I'm tired of the losing the culture of the losing culture. I mean, exactly. we're not used to this as Giants fans. We're used to it. Nick, Knicks fans are used to it. Mets fans are used to it. Jets fans are used to it. We're not used to it as Giants fans. And another thing that you think about with the season, not only Saquon, which Marab mentioned, but also think about if Baker doesn't get arrested and Sam Beagle doesn't opt out of the season. Like we're playing, our cornerback twos are awful. No, well, here's playing the deal: Ryan Lewis, Darnay, Brad, Holmes, yeah, kidding me? Bradbury and Logan Ryan have played well, but then that third spot is weak. Ryan Lewis had the penalty on the illegal contact. If he didn't have a, that random illegal contact when they sacked Wentz, then they have a third and fifteen, and the clock dwindles down when the Giants are still up two scores, and then he gets burned by John Hightower for for fifty for fifty nine. Inexcusable. He's that's a scapegoat of that first that touchdown. The one thing, that's that. the one thing you can't do on defense. If it's five minutes left, you're up by two scores. The one thing you can't do is give up a deep pass. You can't let them get behind you. I get people criticize prevent defense, but the point of it is, okay, they can get like 15-yard gains or whatever. The only they thing to drive down the field, let, and now they, they didn't have to drive down the field. They were already in the red zone on the first play. Exactly. And then, the, if, if they again, if he doesn't get that illegal contact on second and 10, then the, the Eagles have a third and 20 instead of a first down and 10. I also think Andrew Thomas kind of had like his He's been bad. big he's like big like wow this is the NFL game against the Eagles like it was I f- he definitely had like Struggled. yeah but I think this is a wake up call for him though because he's he's a good he's a great player you guys you that's there's a reason why you guys drafted him so high and I think that Moving forward, the Giants just need to keep imp- – they don't need to make any big moves right now. They just need to make sure they get everyone healthy. That's that's what it is at the end of the day. And pick up a good guy from the draft. What do you guys – who do you guys want? Do you guys have any ideas right now? Or I'm not sure. I mean, it really depends on where we're picking. I, I think we've we've drafted so much offensive linemen. I think you have to go defense here. Uh, probably a second guy in the secondary. Um, but I don't know who's going to be available and how those secondary guys are ready. I, I, I hate I hate looking at the draft right now. 
there's That's a true. guy from Oregon who's a good offensive lineman. I don't know. The Giants need to learn. I don't care about the pick this year. That's I all really I can don't. Do as a I Jets really don't right care. Now is look at the mock drafts. So I, I, re- I, I, <laughs> so. I really don't care about the picks. I I will be a satisfied fan if by the end of the season Daniel Jones can win football games and the Giants defense could hold up. Because this is this is a team, and I, I know we want to transition. So let me just get this across. This is a team that could be three and four right now, and, and three and zero in the division. It could be they even had, better than that. They had I a mean, fourth quarter lead against Dallas, and a fourth quarter lead against Philly. And they were close in the other games. Like you think about that the interception Rams. against the Steelers. You think about you, they were close in the Forty Nineers game for a lot of it, but they they did get a lot of it. That was, that was a bad basically game. every game but one they've been in it. And you think yeah. about a few bounces go the other way. And I, I also think in the Eagles game. Yes, they were up, but they also did benefit a lot from the refs. I I, I usually yeah. am like critical of the refs, but like yeah. you think about that first down, that two first downs, the Giants that shouldn't have been first downs, and then the rest run and the other one that Peterson tried to challenge. You think yeah. about the pass well, interference in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just a couple plays the Giants benefited. The one, I guess, bad one against the Giants. It looked like there was the Bradbury interference was looked like it really just got tripped up. Both of them are like tangled, mm-hmm. but. Honestly, the Giants did benefit they, from a lot of ref calls. They benefit from missed field goal by the Eagles. They benefit yeah. from just some horrible two two point conversion calling by the Eagles, um, and they still lost. And they they haven't uh-huh. beaten the Cowboys and Eagles for what fifteen straight games. Um, it's bad, and they you know they're next. They need to be. They need to win the rest of their NFC East games, and they want to sniff the playoffs because outside of the division, it's the Bengals, and the rest of the teams have winning records. Uh, Browns may be beatable. We don't yeah. know. The Eagles and Cowboys also have really tough schedules down the stretch too. It's, I'm not saying I I'm not, that, they have better records than the Giants. I'm not. Them. I'm not trying to lay out hope. I'm just saying it's a tough division all around. Which is why, if the Giants can lock, could lock up those Cowboys and Eagles wins in the last three weeks, I would have said they're probably front runners to win the division. If they were three and four right now, but they're not. Yeah, I mean, of course not. I because also they'd be the Cowboys would have one less win. The Eagles would have one less wins. The Giants would be. One the Cowboys should have lost to the Falcons too. So, oh yeah, look at that I mean, could have, would have, should have. It doesn't make a difference in the standings. So uh, many did, t- didn't go their way. So the, all the Giants. I also they're also supposed know. to possibly trade Golden Tate. Uh, that's what is I heard. That, and I forget who else was my, on the trade block. Is uh, I think that's fine. Kevin I can see them happening. I, I get that because it's like even if you make the playoffs, you're gonna go in with like a six and ten record. Um, so I don't mind trading guys, but you still want to compete. You don't want to be like. Oh, we're yeah. gonna play all the young guys now because we don't have a chance. Like, I, but Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are are really good wide receivers. I are. think they should. I should. I think they should get more, um, t- more receives and like. I don't. I think Targets, he's a yeah. good piece, but like he's not. He's not where the Giants' future is, and I don't oh, think. I agree. Realistically, it's if you guys get some like a pick, like a third round pick, fourth round. That's even. That's pushing it too. But get a get a couple, maybe a pick or two. That'll be good. Or sign someone in free agency. I don't mind that. Also, Tate kind of has disappointed for the Giants, especially this season. Did have that good touchdown catch, but I think we should move on. Um, yeah, let's let's move on. So Yannick Ngakwe got traded, mm-hmm. um, and he had already, I believe he had already been traded this offseason, and then he got traded again because when he went to, I remember when I hosted Sports Talk, I was like, this Vikings defense is gonna be amazing with Ngakwe. Vikings have not had the best season, and now he's on the Ravens. So they Ravens add to their team. <laughs> they need it. They definitely it's like they needed more weapons on the offense or defensive side. Well, here's the deal. I think the Vikings have had a couple. I think they're similar to the Giants, but in a different way. Like the Vikings were supposed to be up top and a comp- and a competitor, probably for that wild card spot. 
and they've had games get away, like that Texans game, like the Seattle game, two games against good teams where they could have won. Well, not the Texans game, excuse me, the Falcons game. Two games against good teams where they could have won against really good teams, and they just blew it, and it makes a huge difference in their record. So now they're at a stage where they're questioning their quarterback and Kirk Cousins, and they're questioning their defense as well. So I think the Ravens made a great addition there. My Super Bowl, my Super Bowl prediction of being at the beginning of the season was Seattle and Baltimore. So I don't know what's going to happen. I think that that was a very logical move for both sides, especially with Ngakwe, I think, at the end of his contract. So it'll yeah. be an important – I think it's this is a win-now situation for the Ravens, and, and Ngakwe is a great rental for them <laughs> at this stage of the year. I, I mean, I guess the Vikings – that was kind of useless in the first play. They gave up a second and a fifth and a conditional fifth. And they got back, and they have now, and now they traded for a third round pick and the conditional fifth. So, like, I I think it was Vikings basically just like wanted to balance it out a little bit. Like, they got a third round, which is nice, but it's not, it's not a second round. But Ngakwe should be a nice addition to the Ravens. And you, you love to see, um, what's it called? I love to see some reunions in the vault in the Baltimore Ravens camp going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Ravens also, they add, they didn't, I guess, I don't know if it, you call it an offensive weapon anymore because he hasn't played in so long and he's probably, he's way past prime, but Des Bryant got added to the practice squad. <laughs> I, I really don't think he's going to do anything. I think the max peak he can get is Chad Ojasinko on the Patriots. Like he's not good anymore. And also he's not been used to the playbook all year. Isn't it crazy? Des Bryant is only like 32. He's Wait, 32. What? Yeah. He's only 32. <laughs> well, I guess NFL does stand for not for long, so I'm not too surprised, but I thought he was older. Um, but I guess, yeah, he's not – he hasn't been around for so long. But, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't think he's going to do much. Um, Antonio Brown may go somewhere. He's suspension Seattle, is up Seattle, now. Seattle, Seattle, yeah. I, I don't know why people love that. Thing. Like, they have well, so they many have Josh Gordon in Seattle. Seattle and Antonio Brown's going to be just be angry there. Like, he all, he's going to throw a hissy fit because he's not going to get enough. It's – if you're a team like the Seahawks and you have – the luxury of having good receivers it's a risk that you can afford to take especially with your record five and oh and the prestigious roster you have in general uh, taking a risk on a guy like antonio brown's a good idea because the worst case scenario is you lose the he, he's not good and you can just let him go and still have Lockett and metcalf carry your office and if he's good then you have three dynamic receiving threats and that's a very good benefit for that offense or instagram lives your coach's post-game speech and uh inspired Ooh, yeah. another team no i just like seattle is just such a nice group of people you know and when you put antonio brown into that equation you Maybe are having better. a recipe of disaster yeah. that's what i personally think. yeah we saw like russell wilson's probably like the nice one of the nicest guys in the nfl dk metcalf is a cool guy too i like i love the i'm a massive dk metcalf fan he's just a beast and i like tyler lockett's tyler lockett's a great player like Tyler Lockett's DK Metcalf is so good that Tyler Lockett has to take a backseat to him a little bit, as we've seen in the past couple of weeks. But F, adding Antonio Brown into that like equation, I just don't like it. I think Antonio Brown, they don't like, like you said, it's a luxury that that they can't take. But why would you want to do that? Like, it's just I feel like it would mess up their team chemistry a lot, and I it's not worth it's not worth the risk considering your receiver options already. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see if another team has to swoop them up as well. Um, but it should be interesting. Uh, let's move on quickly to the NBA. A couple of coaching hires. Pacers hired uh, Nate Bjorken. I think that's how you say his last name. The Jays should be silent. 
Uh, the Pelicans hired Stan Van Gundy. Do you guys have thoughts on either of these hires? I mean, we saw what happened with Raptors assistants before. Nick Nurse was an assistant. Then he won a championship. I think Bjorken should be an interesting. Like, it's it's hard to tell because he's never had a head coaching job before. But the Raptors front office rate him very highly. And Nick Nurse's first, like I read somewhere, his first move when he got promoted to the head coach was to take Bjorken from the 905. So it, there's obviously people trust him in the front office. And the Raptors, I think Raptors have the best like organization because they have a the consistent line of talent from their G League to the to their um to the NBA and like yeah no it should be interesting how he how Bjorken plays yeah and Stan Van Gundy I I like he's okay like I don't know what to say like he's 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 worked with young talent before as we saw so like he can definitely do something but like doesn't really excite me at all like <laughs> yeah it'd be like, interesting to see when he was with the Pistons you think about Blake Griffin um, and Blake Griffin, it was partially because he lost his athleticism due to injuries, but also partially because he had kind of expanded his game so he could do mid-range shoot threes. He became almost a point power forward, um, it's, which is funny because remember at the beginning of the year, he was Lob City. So it's interesting to see if Williamson becomes more of a less of an inside player because more of a distributor guy, a guy who can kind of beat, draw the defenses in and then set up a play. Um, you know, I don't know. Um, it should be interesting. Um, Jeremy? Yeah, Bjorken, I think, is a good risk to take for a Pacers team that's looking for a nice new coach, a new face. In terms of Stan Van Gundy, I, he's a guy I really didn't like for a long time, to be honest. Ever since uh, when he when he was the coach of the Magic and he had that interview talking about Dwight Howard's request to fire him, and then Dwight Howard barged in on the interview, and they were talking about, oh, we got to stop Carmelo and the Knicks, et cetera. That was a funny moment. But after seeing watching him or seeing him as a broadcaster in the bubble with Brian Anderson for – couple of months I, I really learned a lot I, I I gained a newfound respect for him I think he's definitely a good intelligent mind obviously I'm more of a fan of Jeff because he coached the Knicks to a, a national oh, what's the name of the conference he got us to the final the, an eastern an eastern conference title yeah so I I think think I would have liked to see him in the booth for longer I liked him a lot as a broadcaster but for a team like the Pelicans who has a lot of guys like Zion and Ingram who are on that on the edge of becoming stars in this league. I think Van Gundy's a guy who can bring out that stardom in them and it'll be, it's a good risk to take. Yeah. Uh, a couple of head coaching vacancies. You're on mute, Mike. <laughs> you're, you're on mute. Oh, sorry. We got, sorry, there was a phone ringing. Uh, we got the Rockets, Oklahoma City Thunder draw uh, position still available. The coaches currently that were with the team last year at the end of the year and are not hired by a team yet. You got Brett Brown, you got Mike D'Antoni, you got Nate McMillan. Obviously, D'Antoni's not going to Houston, but do we see any of these guys getting hired by one of those two teams? I feel like the Rockets, it's probably going to be the other Van Gundy, but or uh, Max, Vernon Maxwell, but I don't know. Like, Do you guys think you, any of those three are going to be hired by a team? D'Antoni's been linked to the Nets assistant job behind Steve Nash. Does, do, don't do we know think he's going to be there? I don't I know. Hear, I don't, hear, like, why would I... I get it. Like he would rather have a head coaching job, and but it's been talked about. Like it would make sense because Nash, Nash and D'Antoni have worked really well together as player, player and head coach. So it'd be nice to have him. But like I don't know where D'Antoni would fit, honestly. Like his small, like his style of basketball. No, no team like 
that doesn't have a head coach right now besides the Rockets. Yeah, I really? don't think the Thunder can do it. I, yeah. I think honestly he goes international and coaches somewhere. Well, here's my here's my thought on this. I think Jeff Van Gundy, if, if the Rockets decide to not break it down and not train anybody, then Van Gundy is the guy you want to hire because he's going to help keep that window open. But in terms of D'Antoni, I think he's just a little older and nobody wants to hire a coach who's not going to, who's a guarantee, who, who, where it's a lock that he's not going to be there for a long time. I, so, yeah, it, I, Houston would be that team, but obviously he was let go by Houston and he's not there anymore. So in terms of that, I don't, I don't think any of these faces will find new teams if, and they'll have to step in as assistants for now. I do think that he go to Philly. So I think that, I think D'Antoni goes international, to be honest, and coaches somewhere else. Happen. Still coming happen. back, uh, some team will need him. Um, and then in terms of the Thunder, though, I do think McMillan or Brown could be good fits. Like think McMillan of got a rough break. Yeah, the Thunder. Think about their like they're kind of like a starless team. I get you got Chris Paul, but you're not like relying on any one guy. And you think about the Pacers, they're a similar way. Like Warren was good in the bubble, and Old Depot used to be kind of pretty good. But he wasn't like a superstar, right? So mm-hmm. I think he could work with that. And then the Thunder are probably going to be rebuilding now. That's why Donovan left and went to the Bulls for some reason. Um, and Brown's used to being on teams with rebuilds because he was with the 76ers that entire process. Um, but I, I, I'm not sure. I haven't heard much about the Thunder job, honestly. Do you want to talk World Series? We can talk about it quickly. Um, I mean, because we're recording, we're recording Fridays, coming out Sunday. So we'll, we'll only there'll be two games that happen between. Uh, but we kind of give our predictions for the series. I think. Yeah, I got Dodgers in six. Uh, I think the Dodgers made the same mistake in game two. The Yankees did in game two of the LDS. They tried to outraise the Rays. They took out their starter before the second inning was even over. However, with Walker Buehler on the mound and Julio Urias to follow, I think that presents the Dodgers with two very good opportunities to win to win games in here in three and four. And if their offense can be that their top level offense that I believe is the best offense in the, in Major League Baseball. I think you give yourself a 3-1 lead, and I don't think that's a lead the Dodgers would squander. I have the Dodgers in six. Rob? Yeah, Dodgers in six as well. They're just too ta- – like, the team is just too talented to lose the World Series. Like, Wait. And my World I Series just, MVP – sorry, Marab, you finished. I, I thought you were done. My bad. Yeah. So, I yeah, no, I just see, like, Bellinger, Mookie. There's just too, too many guys over there. Like the Rays, I love the team. The Rays are a cool team. I love their story. It's just a great, it's a great watch. But like at the end of the day, in sports today, money, money talks. And the Dodgers have spent too much money to lose right now. Yeah. yeah it's crazy I, sorry, Mike. I just forgot to mention my, my MVP is Max Muncy. Okay. That's crazy. The payroll disparities. You think about the Dodgers are the most in MLB. The Rays are third lowest. The only teams that are lower are the Marlins and the A's because they all spend so little. This is Marlins for now. We don't know later. Um, it is interesting because Bueller's coming off the injury. We know about Kershaw's postseason struggles. He did pitch good game one. Pitched very well game I one. I do have the Dodgers in seven. Um, it is going to be interesting to see how Bueller pitches and if Kershaw can lift the pressure. I think Kershaw wins MVP just because what I'm thinking is game three is going to be Bueller. I think you go Kershaw next, get Kershaw game four. Game five, you probably go uh, May, Goslin, something like that, like that opener opener thing they'll probably lose that game game six you got uh walker bueller again because he'll be going three days rest same as kershaw has been doing game seven is kershaw so kershaw is going to get three starts this series and we'll see how he does it's going to be really the key for the series i don't think they're going to because the fact that they use gonsolin in may in the same game i don't think they're going to start them separate games well I you, you i think they can go they're going to go bueller urias and then go right back to kershaw in game six mm-hmm 
Wait, but who is? I don't know if they're going to have. I don't know Kershaw, if Kershaw, Kershaw, Kershaw started Kershaw one. You have you have two. Oh yeah, that's true. But, but maybe who, he does who, pitch uh, game six or five. seven. Who, Urias pitches game five. But you know, oh, I forgot about five. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> who are you guys is World Series MVPs? Like I said, mine's Max I said, Muncy. I said Kershaw. So Marab, you just have to pick. Max Muncy's mine. Yeah. I'd love Mookie Betts to get it. <laughs> Max Muncy's my favorite Dodger by far. I love that Ma- game. I like Muncy. Muncy's a killer. Muncy, let's go, Marab. Actually, no. I'm going to be different. Let's go Bellinger. I just think Bellinger's cool. Yeah, I like okay. him. He just talked about his posts and struggles early in the posts, and now he's turned it on. Yeah, so. yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's ripping. Good for him. Um, so now we got – yeah, no, definitely the game two remind me of the Yankees-Rays game two. Yeah, definitely yeah. did. Um, but the Dodgers have done this before. Um, so now we have only – Couple minutes left, so time for prices picks. Oh no! Me and Jeremy went three and two. Last, yeah, I'm Ross. Anyway. Me and Jeremy went three and two last week, so we're six and four in the year. Rob went a whopping zero oh and five on the year, so he's two and eight. Uh, he's got some ground to make up. I don't uh, want to talk about it. I'll go five zero this week. It's okay. Upset. Oh my god! I actually didn't love. I didn't hate that pick honestly. This is, this is my that, week. That right looks now. bad. Uh, hindsight. I'll, that do looks 10, really I'll, do, bad. I'll do ten push-ups on the Zoom if I don't go five zero. Let's go. Okay. Oh, God. oh, oh, fun. Uh, we'll, oh, I'm looking forward to that next week. Okay, so the first game, the, the Battle of Undefeated should have happened earlier, but the 5-0 and Steelers at the 5-0 and Titans, 1 o'clock on CBS. Jeremy, who do you got? It's going to be a close one. I got Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh by three. Marab? Jeez, this is a this is a tight game. I don't know. I'm going to go I, King Henry. Titans. Titans, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Titans as well. They've just looked Ooh. so good as of late. Um and the Steelers are good, and they they did crush the Browns, but then the Browns. I think Claypool's go- I think Claypool's gonna take a little step. He's he's been too I, I, good. I agree. They're gonna eventually figure him out. And yeah. even last week, he didn't ha- wasn't as good. He did have that rushing touchdown though. Yeah. Next game, we got the two and four. It, it, actually, absolute thrilling match at the two and four Dallas Cowboys. Andy Dalton led Dallas Cowboys <laughs> after their blowout on prime time. Of course, that's Andy Dalton. At the one in five Washington football team, one o'clock on Fox. Jeremy, who do you got? Washington by three. Okay, Marab. I think Washington. Antonio Gibson's gonna have a crazy game. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Washington as well. I could, you know, it's a pretty awful matchup. I probably will not watch it. But <laughs> Cowboys are, you know, they're just they're just That's bad. What the red players seem to be revolting. There, <laughs> like, Mike McCarthy has no clue what he's doing. Third Ooh. game. Three and three 49ers at the two and three Patriots 425 on CBS. Jeremy, who do you have? I think the last week Patriots game was a rust game. I'm going with the Patriots by 10. Okay. Marab. Um, I like the Niners. I like the Niners. They played really well against the Rams. Like their defense looked better, looked like their old selves again a little bit. Yeah, last game. So I, I like the Niners, yeah. Yeah, I'm going with the Niners. I mean, Jimmy G, he had that bad week coming back from injury, but now he's. I feel like he's fresh now, and that offense is clicking. Wow, even with no, the injuries in the offense. But just – and Debo's back, and you got Kittle, and you have the defense. So I got the 49ers in this one. Okay, wild card picks. Jeremy, you have the 4-2 Browns at the 1-4-1 and Bengals at 1 o'clock on CBS. Who this is have? my easiest one. I got the Browns by 17. Wow. Okay, Marab, you got – Sunday night football game, the four and two Buccaneers at the three and two Raiders. This is a tough one. I think I like, I'm going to go a little crazy here and I might not go five Oh, because I'll go Raiders. I like the Raiders. I like Derek Carr right now. Well, especially with their offensive line, they have all five of the starters are not playing. So good luck with that. Okay. And I got the uh, two and three lines at the one and five Falcons, one o'clock on five. I'm going with the Falcons. 
Uh, I feel like there's that, that momentum when you kind of don't have your head coach anymore. You're paying for a new coach. The upset pick. So the options are Jets over Bills, no. Broncos over Chiefs, <laughs> or Jaguars over Chargers. So Jeremy, who do you have? Okay, I don't want so, – goodbye 5 and August. I'm doing push-ups. I got the, uh, the Broncos over the Chiefs. Uh, I, I have the Chargers in my survivor pool, so I'm not picking them. And I have the Jets never winning a game ever again. So I think that the Broncos put up a great defensive performance against New England last weekend. It's just a matter of can they get the ball into the end zone? Obviously, six field goals. But I think the Chiefs, they're a little bit, they can really be, they could be a bit lackadaisical on defense. If Drew Locke can have a good game, that's the best thing. That's the best chance of an upset this week. So I got the Bron- Broncos by three. Who are the Jaguars playing again? The Chargers. The Chargers, yeah, I'll go with the Jaguars. I'll go with the Jaguars this game. Yeah, I'm going with the Jaguars. I'm just hoping for Minshew Mania. I was surprised that it was the Chargers were kind of were this much they were this much favored to win. I think it's more because of the fact that Herbert's been close in a lot of games. Yeah, um, you can almost kind of think of them as similar to the Giants, where the they've Jaguars been close are, a lot and they just have struggled at the end. Uh, we got about a minute left, so you guys have any final thoughts? You want to? It's five zero this week, guys. Oh five to five zero. Let's go. Priceless picks. I got this. Don't worry about it. I got this. Yes. <laughs> Jeremy, you have anything? Um, still frustrated with the Giants, but that's what happened. Evan Ingram's fans a like. great player. I, 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 I miss watching the Knicks lose every day because that was some comfort sometimes. <laughs> and go Yankees. Hopefully they'll be back soon. Yeah. Mets are be better. I just want to say something. Bauer's not signing with the Yankees. Stroman's not signing with the Yankees. Yankees are probably, if anything, they re-sign guys and they sign like lower tier guys. I, I don't know why people think that. Uh, Bauer, Bauer's been entertaining. He's kind of He's every team that he's going to go. Bauer's there. going to the Nats. Bauer's going to the Nats. So this is going to be the end of the weekly pitch. Michael Memes, Jeremy Goldstein, Rob Smug. Tune in same time next week, 11 o'clock a.m. on VIC. And you can listen to this on your favorite podcast app or on the VIC radio anchor. This is Michael Memes signing out.